Lisa Kershon, A Dose of Vitamin Chi, Episode 111 on Alternative Health Tools Podcast. Lisa Kershon is a passionate believer in the healing power of Tai Chi and for good reason. Her personal story of going from debilitating back pain to becoming a teacher and gold medalist in this ancient art form is truly inspiring. And in this episode, Lisa and host Kim Shea explore the proven scientific health benefits and mind-body connections experienced by its faithful practitioners. Hi, this is Kim Shea, your co-host for this episode of Alternative Health Tools coming to you from this side of the pond here in Southern California. Today, I have the pleasure and the honor of speaking with Lisa Kershon. She's calling in from Florida. She's the Chi Lady. She's a wellness educator of Chinese healing arts and an aquatic arts teacher. She is a gold medalist in Tai Chi. She holds the second highest rank for females in the U.S. for Tai Chi and sword forms. Welcome, Lisa, to Alternative Healthcare Tools. Hey, thank you, Kim. It's a pleasure and a delight to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's nice to meet you and see your face. So tell us about your background. Where are you from? I am from a town called Malden, Massachusetts. Mm. It's uh, about 20 minutes north of Logan Airport. A lovely town. We all grew up in lovely towns back in the day. <laughs> quite a bit. And so from the North Shore, maybe as I continue to talk, you'll hear a little bit of a Boston accent. Just a little. Um, so I've been here. <laughs> yeah, I had you at hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I moved to Florida. It's been three years now. And woohoo, I have found a new compass. Yeah. Uh, that's a story in and of itself what brought me here. So it's been nice. I'm getting comfortable with this new vibe here in Florida. Certainly the weather is delightful. Yeah, the and winters must be a little easier down there. They are. They are. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get into Tai Chi? How, how long have you been doing that? I have been a practitioner for a little over 30 years now, 31 years, and teaching for maybe I think I've been teaching for a thousand years. <laughs> so over 30 years. And what brought me to teaching, if I can segue into that, mm -hmm. people are always curious, why Tai Chi? Western medicine fell by the wayside. I, I failed with Western medicine. Let, let me rewind a little bit because I want to help inspire people that there is something for everybody in the way of exercise. Now, when you're in pain, we all experience pain. Suffering is a whole nother level. So what brought me to Tai Chi 30 plus years ago is my pain. And I have had a history ever since a problem that I can remember, maybe at nine, 10 years old. And I happen to think that I remember this incident. I was on a seesaw and with a, a girl and she jumped off and boom, down I went. And I think from that moment on, my little spine, that oh. little vertical whiplash changed something in me. So I've always had these back issues when I was 11, 14 years old, 16, just such severe pain. I couldn't 
do anything. I had to just lay there. Back in the day, 40, 50 years ago, the prescription from back doctors, orthopedic doctors was stay in bed, rest until it gets better. Well, we all know what happens when a body is not in motion. You get atrophied mentally, emotionally, physically. So I don't want to go too long. Let me see if I can fast forward. So this discomfort with my back pain on and off for years in college, graduated from a two-year college back then. It was called LaSalle Junior College, Newton, Massachusetts. It's now LaSalle College. It was just for for girls back back in the day. And then I worked. I had to find work. My prince, my knight in shining armor didn't show up. That was the way I was brought up to (laughs) get married. Interesting little story, just a side note. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I bought a beautiful business suit. I'm only 20 years old. And I bought a briefcase. And I looked for part. And I walked around Logan Airport like I was important. (laughs) Just to sit at the bar, you know, make notes. And at that time, I thought I wanted to get into the airline industry. And I made some headway with JetBlue and and so on and so on. It was pretty funny. But nothing came of it. I think my mistake in that interview was telling the guy, the the sky is the limit of what I wanted, what my aspirations are. Anyway, fast forward a little bit. This pain became so bad that when I started to work, I couldn't work. I had to move back home. This continued for years and years, got married. I would bend over to pick up a piece of paper or a file in the cabinet and or sneeze and it would go out. So what happened, fast forward to years later, the bone issues that I have had and now severe osteoporosis and some autoimmune issues with arthritis and such, uh, psoriatic arthritis, the pain got so bad that I had an 18-month-old and a newborn. What I was doing to rid myself of the pain was drink a lot. Combined with the pain pills, I had every prescribed medication for pain that there was. And mixing the alcohol with the pain pills was a spiraling of a downward energy. And so the doctor said, that I could have surgery to take care of these herniated discs and such, but I didn't want to do that. So there was a moment, a defining moment when I'm laying in bed. And I'll tell you, when you're in pain with your back so much that your in-laws have to carry you to the toilet. And humiliating, crying, pain, I thought, I'm done. I'm going to take a little scotch and a lot of pills, and I don't want to live. When you're suffering, you'll do in the pain that you know you want to do something with that, and you're not thinking clearly. And I had that moment with the pills and the alcohol, and my newborn cried out for me. And in that moment, I thought I have to live for her, for them, for my daughters. I literally crawled out of bed on fours, crawled to her bedroom, pulled myself up on her little spindles of her crib, somehow grabbed her, and I fell on the floor with her on my chest, and we both fell asleep. So in that moment, I knew I had to do something. I made a phone call to a very holistic-minded chiropractor, 
I had to be driven to get there. The chiropractor put me in touch with an acupuncturist. And still I was being driven back and forth to have these treatments. And I said to him, what can I do? I've always been physical. I was a little ballerina when I was little. I I did so many wonderful things. I I have such wonderful memories of physical movement and music. Ah, those two together. Universal. Movement is in in music. So I said, I want to do something. I know I need to move move my, my body. What can I do that's safe? And he said, Tai Chi. He gave me the name of a gentleman in the area and I was driven to those classes in the beginning and I was there three nights a week for two hours each night and that's where my journey began I took a different road chose the what is known today as integrative or alternative therapies but they're really not (laughs) self-care so that's how I began my journey and By the way, for all of you listeners, I want you to understand something here. Tai Chi, these Chinese healing arts of Tai Chi and Qigong, we'll talk about that, can be extremely frustrating and very boring. And you get this idea as you're standing there or moving slowly, what am I doing? I stopped training a month and a half after I began because I was so frustrated. I don't get this. I, what am I doing? This is so ridiculous. I don't feel like I'm getting a cardiovascular workout. I don't know why I'm doing this. And I left. I quit. Something was gnawing at me for about a month afterwards. And I thought I had this little download and I thought maybe it's that Tai Chi stuff. And I went back to class and I never stopped my training. Hmm. We come to realize that Tai Chi and Qigong and these healing arts become a way of life. It's a lifestyle. So that's what brought me into this world of Tai Chi from my pain. And I am so darn passionate about this because I know I've been on the other side. And I know the healing effects of this is just simply astounding. There is a difference between curing and healing the body. And so we can heal the body. So that's where my journey began. And during my training, months and and years of training, my master said to me, you're good. You are ready to teach. (laughs) That's all there was. There's no grading system in Tai Chi like there is in karate. You have a brown belt, black belt, green belt, yellow belt. It's too esoteric. This is why it's considered an internal art. Kung Fu, which is the equivalent of karate. Kung Fu is uh, Chinese martial arts. Kung Fu is external arts, physical, hard, Tai Chi, internal. So I like to tell people in class that you are a practicing internalist. You're studying what is going on internally when your body is in motion or stillness. So I will stop my sentence for a moment if you want to ask me a question about all that I just said. So that's where my journey began with ill health. And it's been a wonderful journey since. But if we can't change what's going on around us or with us, how do we cope? 
And right now, that's an issue that a lot of people are struggling with, too, is how do they cope? Because we're living in extraordinary times right now where health is really a challenge for a lot of people, both physically and mentally. I did not know that Tai Chi was such an integrative whole body, whole mind practice. I wasn't aware of that. I'm familiar with Qigong, but not Tai Chi. So how long would you say it was that you were practicing before you started to experience relief and where you experienced healing? Three months. Oh my, that's, that's nice. Three months. It was less than that because I taken it for a month and a half and I stopped for maybe a month, few weeks. And then within three months, and I can really, I'm, I'm confident to say this because I've been teaching for many, 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 many years. Even if you take a class for one hour, once a week, you will start to see the effects of this within three months. And what do I mean by effects? Your balance. Or maybe you will have a moment where, well, I didn't yell at that person that just yelled at me. Because in Tai Chi training, it's very intense. We're not just learning choreography. That's the end result. We're learning fundamentals. We're learning the idea that if someone pushes you, if someone's yelling at you, do you yell back? That just engages the dance even more. So we learn in Tai Chi to what we call Wu Wei. Somebody's pushing you, let them go. Watch them go flying. (laughs) Just let them go. So within three months, you can start to feel less pain. And that was my aha moment when I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm not at a 45 degree angle. anymore. I'm not (laughs) forward. I feel less pain. It's taking me longer to feel the discomfort because we hold postures for a while. Mm -hmm. In in Qigong, that beautiful standing post posture, we can talk about that, too. So in three months, you will feel a difference. Guarantee, but I, I know that to be true. That sounds so enticing if somebody's really suffering, that it's worth the effort. Who doesn't have three months to try to improve themselves and in to the feel process, better? Absolutely, Kim. In the process of learning it, in the process of training, you're gaining the strength. You're gaining the conditioning, the toning, all the things in the Western world, cardiovascular workout, toning muscles. All of that is happening, but... The mind is the last to get it. Hmm. So the repetition of movement, your body has a mind of its own and it will connect first with the movements and the ideas and then the mind will get it. So you just have to hang in there and trust. What have you got to lose? Nothing but, and time is on your side. Tai Chi is the scientific studies that are done on Tai Chi show that it slows down the aging process. I'm actually 95. I know. <laughs> you look fabulous. <laughs> the DHEO on a cellular level, there's a tremendous amount. In fact, Tai Chi is, I'm going to say this, I was going to say one of the most widely scientifically studied exercises. It is the most widely scientifically studied exercise for balance, I'll just say that for balance and much more. Parkinson's, MS, fibromyalgia. I can present you another, t- you know, some information on the science of that. So you can look it up. Studies on, on Tai Chi, science studies. That'd be great if you sent some links to me that we can sure. share. I'd like to see them. It sounds fascinating that and it also, could bring help. 
Absolutely. And neuroscience states that if you want to learn a skill, train slow. You hmm. want to learn a skill, train slowly. That's my biggest challenge as a teacher, to try and help people understand and to have them keep coming back because there's a level of frustration. And what am I doing? My right hand's going up to, for those of you who can't see, about one o'clock. And my left hand is down at eight o'clock. And now I have to lift up my right leg and balance on my left leg and hold that before I put that right foot down and not lean on that foot, but keep the one in the back foot when the front foot is down. Wow. (laughs) It's the whole journey of getting there. You never get there anyway. No, the journey is just the journey. Yeah. Uh, So it's interesting because then it's just not exactly what I pictured and I have not tried it myself, but you see in commercials, there's people in a park and they're just doing this whole coordinated movement with their hands. But I don't think I realized how much went into it. And like just with your adjusting your balance and holding your foot a certain way, your hands a certain way, it's a whole coordinated thing. And I know, for example, there've been studies done on dementia that one of the best things you can do for yourself is to take dance lessons. It's so good for you to have to be learning these new ways of moving your body and you have to think about it. And I'm sure it's also a mindful activity. And so is that similar to what you're doing here? Yes, it is. Um, Dance is tribal. It goes back Mm -hmm. thousands, shamanic dancing, thousands of years. Dance is absolutely magical. I'm getting a chill just even saying that. Mm -hmm. There were some scientific studies done with tango dancing. And what they found with Parkinson's in particular, that the part of the brain that Parkinson's gets affected is the basal ganglia. Tango, something special and magical about the movement of tango that stimulates the basal ganglia. So what you're saying, Kim, about dance being great for dementia, movement, coordination of limbs, even in a seat, even if you can't stand, you can move your waist and you can move your arms. Oh, lift a leg. So, yes, dance. I, I have to find this article about the statistics on dance and how it's better than so many other forms of exercise um, for specialty groups as well. So, you know, dance as fast as you can. Keep dancing. But so, Tai Chi, you can do, you're saying from a chair or a wheelchair? Absolutely. I've taught Tai Chi in a chair, a chair Tai Chi. I have specialty classes for Parkinson's. I would love to develop a program instead of Kung Fu. How about for the, I want to use the word active older adults. I don't like to say for old people. How about a program called Cane Fu? Take Mm. your cane that you walk with and learn some Cane Fu. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, Tai Chi can be done in a chair. In fact, it provides you the opportunity to understand one of the fundamentals that it's kind of like golf. We study movement. It comes from the ground up. So when your hips move, your waist will follow. Well, from the waist, the torso will follow. When you move your torso, your arm follows. So in a chair, I would be saying, okay, if we're standing on our left leg, I want you all to press your left foot into the ground. What happens when you push your foot into the floor? You feel the muscle of your left. So uh, all of you listeners, do this right now with me. You're seated. For those of you who are sitting down, push your left foot into the ground. 
Put your left hand on your left thigh. And when you push your left foot into the ground, you can feel your muscle firing up. So teaching Tai Chi from a chair, this is what I would say. Press your left foot into the ground. I'll raise your right leg up. So there's many different ways that Tai Chi can be practiced. You can practice laying down without moving your body because your mind is the captain and your body is the ship. If you can see it in your mind, you can achieve it in your body. You know, yeah, do I want to, I'm going to visualize myself being a brain surgeon. Please take that however it fits for you. So this is part of the beautiful training of Tai Chi as well, that present moment living is the most, what we have is this moment. And because of the slowness of Tai Chi, you cannot think about the meeting that you have an hour from now or the calls that you have to make or taking care of our children, whatever's going on. Because if you do, if your mind wanders, you'll have a little oops, it's, you'll forget where you were. So the slowness brings you into that mind-body connection. So yes, Tai Chi can be done in a chair. If all you can move is your right hand, that's a beautiful thing. You're going to move it. We're going to make sure that you move that well, not tight. So you can't grab hold of water. You just can't. It's it's so elusive. And so is Tai Chi. <laughs> so we want to be like water. So the outcome of that beautiful form that you mentioned that you see people in the parks doing, that takes a long time to learn. So all I ask or any teacher should ask from a student is just show up. That's all you need to do <laughs> is show yeah. up and empty your mind. One of the questions that I ask in my lectures and workshops and new classes, I like to start with a question. And so ponder this, audience. Would you rather be a thermometer or a thermostat? Hmm. A thermostat. You got it. Right answer. Yeah, we want to set our own gauge. We take Mm -hmm. on and stress of our environment, of situations. You become a thermometer and you get heated and stress rises in the body. Heat rises. In Taiji practice, we song, we sink, we use the mind to sink the chi, the life energy. We practice sinking, song, relax, sink. That's a Chinese word, song, chen, sink and relax. So, you know, you put there are the whole philosophy of the symbol that the yin yang symbol that I have sort of patch on my shirt is something that needs to be studied in class. So if you're seeking out Tai Chi, and I hope I can inspire all of you out there, mm-hmm. make sure that your teacher is going to help you understand the philosophy behind your art and your science and your exercise. Very important. And that's another thing we know when I started Tai Chi, I needed to understand how, why, how's my, how am I feeling better? So I went on this journey and started to read books on Eastern philosophy. I have to tell you, my family thought I was nuts. (laughs) They thought I was in a cult. They really did. All of a sudden I changed. I changed. I I was Lisa, the married woman and mother, the wife and mother. And then I've got the Yi Ching and the Tai Chi, all these books. That's how I knew I I was in this for life. I needed to understand what's going on behind these movements. And it is a philosophy as well. Mm -hmm. And this symbol, Tai Chi too, Tai Chi T-U, is this yin-yang philosophy. Tai means Tai Chi Twen 
Taiji Twin, the whole, all those words together mean grand ultimate fist. So please understand that Tai Chi Twin is traditionally a martial art. First and foremost, it is a martial art. Tai, great, the grand, Chi, the energy, Tuan means fist, grand ultimate fist. So why has it become a practice today in modern times? Because years Hundreds of years ago, Qigong is much more ancient. It's about 5,000 years old. Tai Chi is relatively younger, 800 years old or so. Hmm. The elite in China wanted to learn this system, Tai Chi, but they could not learn it the way it was taught. So the great masters simplified it, and, and, and it became very slow. They learned it very slow. So it today it is done throughout the world, for health, for wellness, for mental health, emotional health, uh, physical health, and and mind-body health. Spirit, mind-body-spirit. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. I love it. I love how it sounds. It's just so holistic. It can meet so many needs that a person would have for self-care. So you had mentioned golf earlier. And so is is this like golf where at some point it becomes like, uh, muscle memory where you're not having to think so much about it or are you always working? I would think you'd want to push yourself to be learning new things so that it isn't something that you can do absentmindedly while you're watching the news. You, you want to stay focused, I'm imagining, but is there some muscle memory that's happening? There is, and that's where the repetition of movement comes in. I like okay. to say I have programs, uh, especially here in Florida, you know, golf uh, in California too. Mm-hmm. Your mind is the best club in your back in your golf bag. So we practice, we come to realize as Tai Chi players, we call ourselves that, oh my gosh, there's a relaxed power. There's a relaxed power going on here. I've helped many people over the years with their golf game. The, The two are very similar in that when the hip moves, the kinetic chain reaction and movement, it comes, it follows from there. So why would you use a sledgehammer to swat a fly? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You don't need to, but we don't even realize how tense we are until we go to the opposite, the opposite of yin and yang. We have to go to the polar opposites sometimes in life to find the center, to find that balance. Golfers, if you're listening, if you have any, and even if you're not a golfer, you'll become a good golfer. (laughs) (laughs) I can guarantee I can let your golf ball go yards longer i cannot guarantee it will go straight <laughs> <laughs> so a um, little putting around joke there but um, yes it's, it's great for any professional sports player there is so many i like to do a lot of research too tiger woods he grew up practicing tai chi and qigong ah. uh, uh, celtics plays i'm from boston i'm going to mention celtics players magic johnson i forget oh yeah, yeah. uh Practice Qigong. Qigong is much more easier and accessible because you're not learning a systemized set of choreographed movements that don't change over time. But a lot of professional sports players are, take up these esoteric healing arts. They're so necessary. So going slow will take your mind into the body. And that's the mind-body connection. I like to say that this is, fu- have you heard of the term functional medicine? 
Yes. Yes. This is functional meditation. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yes. Tai Chi is Qigong, by the way. But Qigong is not Tai Chi. What I mean by that, so we went back to Tai Chi Chuan Grand Ultimate Fist or meditation in motion. Qi is energy. Gong means skill or time spent accomplishing a task. So if you're taking, you're training a Tai Chi movement, waving hands like clouds, which is a metaphor for life because if it's constantly changing, we have to practice constancy. So we take a movement of waving hands like clouds, and if we go slow and just even move one arm, that's Qigong. We're cultivating a skill. If you're cutting carrots and you're focused in the moment and you're really focusing on what you're doing, that's Qigong. Basically, anything you do with focused attention is Qigong. Tai Chi is Qigong in a manner of speaking. Interesting. Yes, yes. So I like wow. to say, you know, you've got to gong your chi every day. <laughs> I was on a panel with medical doctors. I was doing a brown bag lunch, brown bag lunch, education for CEUs for these doctors back in Massachusetts at the Salem Hospital. And there's little Lisa on the end of this long table of panels of doctors, medical doctors. <laughs> and at the end of the whole session, lunch uh, session, any questions, anything you want to say? And I leaned forward and looked at the panel and all these doctors are out there in the audience. And I said, just remember, Qigong a day helps keep the doctors away. <laughs> and I looked, <laughs> they got it. I was hired by the chief cardiologist at the hospital to teach Tai Chi because he knew the healing effects of Tai Chi for cardiovascular health. Mm. He recommended a patient of his who had a heart issue, but came down with a chemically induced asthma from a plant that she worked in, a chemical plant. They were going to remove her lungs. She only had a 30% breathing capacity. She enrolled in my Tai Chi class, Tai Chi and Qigong. It's both together that I teach. Within three months, her breathing capacity went up to 70%. She did not need that surgery. Wow. So... Another beautiful story. That's a great story. I was going to ask you if you had any that you wanted to share. And if you have more, that's great. That's beautiful. I have a student who wrote me a testimonial. He was taking his life. He had it all planned. Back then, he was about 30. Suffered severely with some issues. He did make it through uh, Emerson College. In fact, he did his thesis on me. He had it all planned to take his life, but he saw in the newspaper a Tai Chi class at Salem Hospital, and he just he just went. And he showed up, and he asked me at the end of class if he could have my phone number. I gave it to him, and he said that I saved his life. Wow. He showed up the next week. We had a long conversation. He says, I don't feel like I need to take my life, but... This is written, this is documented. So uh, he's got this whole thing that he did at Emerson College about Tai Chi and how it saved his life. So, gosh, that's amazing. I am so passionate about it because I hear stories in my own self. So, all that I have wrong with me, did it go away? 
I got to tell you, I'm not on pain medication and I have been diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis. Phil Mickelson, the golf pro, mm -hmm. has it. He's on Embro. I don't show any inflammation. Wonderful. I got what I got. Do I have issues? Yes. But I just keep plugging along. Yeah. <laughs> make the beauty of Tai Chi and Qigong, you make it work for whatever's going on in your body at that time. It is a privilege to grow old. And it's what mm -hmm. is denied by many, by so many. So this is truly an art that we can grow old with to stay young. And if anything, you can walk away from this. The science is out there. Enjoy getting confused. Enjoy the idea that you're, you're frustrated. That's okay. It's okay to feel that way. I just keep showing up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Now today in this world, it's hard to go into a classroom. Mm -hmm. But I have to tell you, I'm learning this platform and becoming very skilled at teaching mirror image and not being able to kinesthetically give that awareness to you and touch you. But it's working. So you're doing virtual classes. Uh, I am wellness without walls. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Somebody yeah. should be hiring you for all your slogans. You're very good. Because <laughs> wow. that's what I was going to ask you was, so let's say I, I'm not anywhere near you already. I swear if I were in the same town, I'd be at your next class because I'm very excited about this, but you're not here. So if somebody wants to find a teacher, how would they go about it? And if they can take your class online, can we get your information that I can post in the show notes so people can sign up for your class that way too? Yes. So two questions yes. there. The world is our neighbor. And you know what? I have to say that this word that everyone's using, socially distanced. No, we're not. We're physically distancing. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We Big are difference. Social. Look at you and me, California, Florida, West Coast, East Coast, Australia. The world is our neighbor. I, I can suggest to the, uh, the, uh, your audience, Google virtual Tai Chi teachers, Tai Chi local teachers, and start just a little bit, start locally Tai Chi teachers and make some calls to them or send them an email. So just start locally, uh, local Tai Chi teachers, Tai Chi instructors. And see what you can find. I have never done a research on virtual Tai Chi teachers. I need to put that in the search engine. But you can reach me at Lisa Vitamin G. <laughs> my, my company is called The Good Life. A daily dose of vitamin G. That is trademarked. So Lisa, and this is all one word, Lisa Vitamin C-H-I, Lisa Vitamin G. Dot com is my website and you can find my information there. They can contact you on your yeah. website, right? Yes. 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 Vitamin G.com. Okay. Yeah. And you can also email me through that. information. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. But you had talked about, I think in the beginning, something about finding the right instructor. So what kind of questions would somebody ask to know whether somebody's going to be a good fit or if it's something that somebody does like, It's just their job. They just teach Tai Chi versus somebody who it's like you. It is their life. What kind of questions would somebody ask? What a great question, Kim. There are a lot of egos in the arts. 
and healthy ego was important. Ego was okay. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because I'm flashing back to a time when I received a phone call from a woman who was actually crying to me. I was taking instruction with this Tai Chi teacher and he was doing pushing hands with me and he pushed me so hard against the wall. And he said, if you want to learn the real Tai Chi, this is the real Tai Chi. The the Tai Chi that you did before is not the real Tai Chi. Wow. That is a person who is in ego. So what you want to find out is their background. I'd like to know where you got your training. Not the individual asking is going to to know this particular Chinese master or the lineage, but uh, how long have you been teaching? I'd like to know a little information about your background and how you got into this. I have been told by other Tai Chi teachers that the Tai Chi that I practice isn't the real Tai Chi. You have to be clear on why do you want to take a Tai Chi class? Do you want to get stronger in your balance? Are you looking for the martial part of Tai Chi? If you want to learn, find out. Here's a question to ask. Do you practice the applications with your students of Tai Chi? Because every movement, however beautiful and flowy it is, has a martial application to it. If you're a younger person and you want to do that, karate, you that might be a good fit for you. It was not for me. Although my training, I was with a teacher that we were doing some pretty... My mother and father used to, oh, my God, I can't believe you're doing that. you got a bruise on your arm. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Important to find out if the teaching martial art application with Tai Chi. Be clear of why you want Tai Chi. Do you want to heal? you want to do it for the health and the wellness and the beautiful flow of it? Any Tai Chi class you go into should start with the basic fundamentals of Stance training. You can have a very tall structure with a weak foundation. The building will fall down. You want to start with a, the basic fundamentals of Tai Chi. I can tell what a person's intention is by the questions they ask me. How long is it going to take me to learn the Tai Chi form? If that's your interest and that's your goal, just don't ask that question because I want you to be prepared. It takes time. The first form I learned took me three years. And this was the traditional yang, or yang, long form. Yang Tai Chi is probably the most popular style of Tai Chi that's practiced worldwide. But the Chen, C-H-E-N, Chen style, Chen village, is the considered the ultimate, the real Tai Chi. It takes a long time to learn a form. At the end of... The 10-week session that I used to teach, gentleman came up to me and said, I'm not coming back. I didn't learn the whole form. Okay. Okay. Water seeks its own level. So find out how often you can take these Tai Chi classes. How often is it? Is it an hour long? Traditionally, a Tai Chi school is that it. it will be an hour and a half. An hour is fine. My school, we would be there all day. It would be tea. There'd be brewing, there'd be beautiful Chinese tea, and there'd even be a massage table, and you could smell the liniments. And you'd have, you know, you hurt your person that you're spying with, you want to heal. Martial artists are the second largest group of healers in the world traditionally. 
you respond with someone you need to know how to heal them. <laughs> mm. uh, so what other questions could, could uh, would be important? Is it okay if I have limitations and if I just need to do what I can, that you don't want somebody to yell at you? There are a lot of Taiji teachers that are very strict and they get caught up in that. You have to just be okay. It should feel good. It's like when you're walking to a room with people, you get an energy, you find your arms cross, crisscross, and you get a good vibe. You'll know. You will know the right teacher. So I'm right now at the moment, and we'll come up to what other questions to find out. What is their lineage? How long have they been practicing? Do they teach philosophy? Sometimes, oftentimes in a class, you might not do any movement. You might just sit there and philosophize. Philosophy of yin and yang. That's important because you are learning. You're in a, a, a school, or life is one big school. And you, so if the teacher talks about philosophy and you're not comfortable for that, move on to somebody else. What is your goal? Be clear on what it is with a vision board. You know, you want to be clear of what it is that you are yeah. So That's very helpful. I appreciate all these tips. I was not aware there were so many different possible methods of teaching. And of course there are in all of these different practices, but it's nice to hear how you could go in then and not, you know, don't spend time with somebody who's not a good fit for you because there might be another instructor right down the road. Who's a better fit for you. And also cost wise, you know, if somebody, you know, a teacher is going to charge you, it depends on the teacher. My teacher who's Monk Yunru, he's uh, alias um, Arthur Rosenfeld, he's from New York, but he's a monk, a Taoist monk. You can Google Arthur Rosenfeld, Monk Yunru, Y-O-N-R-O-U. He would get more money than the average Taiji teacher. Typically, $20, $25 per class, $20, $25 or $60 a month. It's pretty, it should be reasonable mm-hmm. per class. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. That was really helpful to have that information. I have one more question for you. You talked about when you were younger that you just really enjoyed the elements of music and movement. And so I'm picturing this is all done in total silence. Is there music? I love music. And therefore music has to be, doesn't have to be played. Yes. I put on Asian inspired music. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I even put on jazz. Huh. I want to create something called Chi Jazz Chi because I love sauce and I love jazz. I love that jazz beat. Soft music is what my teacher puts on uh, Simon and Garfunkel. He puts on the crazy <laughs> stuff. And I know why. We learn through these beautiful healing arts and through meditation, you can be aware of something around you. You don't have to attach yourself to it. So how mm-hmm. do you stay the focus? Become aware of it, but don't attach yourself to it. You stay the focus. Yeah, and, and we learn that these are the things that we learn through our training that become, it's a lifestyle. So, yes, music is lovely to play. Some teachers will not have music. Actually, I don't know of any in my 30 years that where I haven't heard music being played during a Taiji class. It induces the relaxation. Mm. It's, it's nice to have music while you're flowing. Yeah, it sounds like a beautiful experience. It, it, it really it, does. It is. And I took ballet as a little girl, right? So at eight, I had my first solo, ballet solo. 
which was an incredible experience at the Heinz Auditorium in Boston, Massachusetts, a huge audience, a full orchestra pit. And I went out there and stood there with my little tutu on playing the Tarantella and they got the music mixed up and played a very fast jazz number. And I was spinning around and the owner of the studio came out on stage and yelled at the orchestra pit for playing the wrong music. I was devastated. I ran backstage. We got the biggest round of applause. I knew then that I wanted to be not on stage, but that I had a purpose. I had a purpose with people and I didn't know what it was yet. Fast forward two years, I was in charm school. I went to charm school and I loved it. We learned grace. We learned how to fence. And this is where I had my first sword in my hand. Fencing teaches you poise. You have to be very upright with your foil. It teaches you poise. So then I see this thing on National Geographic that took place in China. I saw these people in the parks doing Tai Chi. And I could connect there was something in the spirit of these individuals, like a ballet, like a ballerina, your eyes follow the hand. I could see the shin, I could see the spirit come out. And I had this aha moment, fast forward, that, oh my gosh, that's Tai Chi. I want to understand that. What's that beautiful essence? It's the spirit in them. So the Tai Chi, the foil, the fencing foil that I had in my hand, fast forward, I had a sword in my hand when I was in my 30s. I was studying once you learn Tai Chi and you spend a good year or so, you don't have however long it takes. It's individual with each person and each teacher. Then you put a beautiful sword in your hand if you want to. You don't have to. It becomes an extension of your hand. So when I became the second highest ranked female in the United States, I think it was 2008, it was for Tai Chi, the short form, Yang style Tai Chi, Sun style, and swords, wordplay. You know, uh, and not be to, to be taken lightly. It's, mm. it's quite a, a beautiful art and science and exercise. And one of the goals I have is that when I'm 90, I still want to be able to do my roundhouse kick and get my sword up there and do my little hops and leaps and whatnot. But uh, we can go anywhere in our minds. Imagination is endless, just limited, not in your mind. No. Oh, this, what, how wonderful. This just sounds great. And I can see how much this is a part of you. And I'm sorry you all can't see Lisa because she's just lovely. And you can just tell there's just so much joy coming from her. And she's just, it just like the life is just flowing from you. It's very infectious. So thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add for us today? Well, I want to just say we're in a fast paced world and many things are instantaneous. We're all in a hurry. Where are we going? <laughs> you know, so in that light of that we're always in a hurry, it's in, in reference to Tai Chi, it's not about how fast you learn it. It's about being in the moment. It's not how quickly you learn it. It's how well you learn it, where the benefits come in. So the goal of this, we've got to water our internal garden. And in Tai Chi, you never give away 100% of your energy. Tai Chi is circular in nature, like this yin-yang symbol, compared to yoga, which is very linear and lengthening. So you're leaving 25% of your energy on reserve. It's always on reserve. It's there when you need it. It's available. If I can just you know, leave you with, with just take your time. We're in a hurry. Breathe. 
it's your anchor to life. And in Tai Chi training, actually, the breath isn't something you can focus on in the beginning. But live life well. How do you live life? Adopt a few practices. There's something for everybody out there. Maybe it isn't Tai Chi or Qigong. But move. The body's made to move. Mm-hmm. And we're at the computer a lot more. You sit so long, your hip flexors get shortened, then the back muscles become too tight. So the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or touched, but they're felt in the heart. And Tai Chi takes you to that beautiful place within your spirit and soul. So I I hope that I was able to shed a little bit of light to your audience today. Remember, it's not the years in your life, it's the life in your years. Mm. And so we can just increase that idea of health in the body by adopting a little practice of Tai Chi and Qigong, a little dose of daily vitamin C. Mm-hmm. It's sweetness and it's, it's cost effective. Remember, this is self-care. And now today in China, this has gone on for always and forever in the hospitals in China, in the Qigong clinics. They're prescribing a Qigong exercise for COVID virus, not medication or combined with. Hmm. Train the body. These are self-care exercises, self-care before health care. So there are special exercises for lung health, for immunity health, for respiratory health that these doctors are prescribing for the patients to go home and practice. So we're empowering the patient, wouldn't that be a cool thing here in the West? Mm-hmm. Eastern exercise with Western medicine, and you've got a wonderful system of self-care and health care. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. I think you've been very inspiring to all of us today. So we've been listening to Lisa Kershawn in Florida the Chi Lady, Tai Chi instructor. And I just want to thank you very much for listening to our podcast today. And you can catch this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And please consider coming by to alternativehealthtools.com and leave us a message, question, feedback. Just let us know what you thought of it. We want to hear from you. Thank you so much. Lisa, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I want you all out there to have a chi day. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. See you again soon, Kim. Thank you. 